Chiellini, poi il ministro della testa, go, 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 Ciao Juventini, welcome back to the All Juve Cast channel. Of course, it's All Juve all the time, and what a way to kick off the season. And I got my man uh, Lucifer with me today, all right? Back in uh, short succession. This is nice, this is nice. It's been Look a at this oh, throwback yeah. now. Look at this throwback. There we go. Throwback to the original, the original Striped Hearts drop there with uh, ADP and Neil Phenomenal Vero. That's beauty, man, beauty. Let's see what we got uh, going on in the live chat right out of the gate here. JLES, great win yesterday. Little nervous about Dima Diaz injury. We're going to talk about that. Uh, good move by Allegri playing the youngsters. Yes, yes. Animash, great start to the season. These injuries concerning. Yes. Going to get into all that. Let's tackle uh, some of the news out of the gate again. Ciao to everybody. We got Bobby in here, uh, Kush as well. Ryan S coming in here saying we need to pie more than ever. Well, we've got uh, just the guy because uh, Lou handles the news on the All UV Cast Twitter account. He does an incredible job. And uh, Lou, did you want to talk about uh, some of the news happenings or do you want me to bring them up? Whatever, man. We know we got the pie coming up pretty quick. Yeah. So the. The two big stories, well, three big stories really this morning. Um, first, we have Memphis Depay. It looks like the Barcelona, according to Gazeta, uh, Barcelona and Juventus, or Barcelona and Memphis Depay's the lawyers are, are getting together. There's a few million off in the settlement. Once that's resolved, he's free to join Juventus. He has a deal uh, that was reported this weekend, two years at 5 million euros plus some bonuses. I think the report this weekend is a comes out to 7 million with the bonuses, but five as a base salary is pretty good for a player like Depay. Um, oh yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, uh, I was thinking about this too. So obviously um, the other piece is Di Maria, his uh, abductor issue, yep. 10 days is what it's looking like. Hopefully that's it. And it doesn't, mm -hmm. uh, you know, go any uh, further than that, whatnot. But uh, now it makes that costage signing money. Yeah. The fact that we've got him now because it's not just like this feeling we've, I, I don't know about you and we'll get your thoughts too and everybody in the live, but over the past couple seasons, it's always felt like, okay, we have these guys that are coming off the bench, but are they going to actually contribute? Is it going to actually pay dividends? But Kostic, we need to see more of him. And we haven't, obviously, like he just came in and he came in yesterday, looked lively and whatnot, but his work rate is something you always hear about. It feels now like that's somebody that can actually contribute, especially with his numbers across Europe and whatnot with Frankfurt. I think we've got a contributor. If you add Memphis Depay into the mix, like this is, that's great coverage now. Yeah. You know, like you look at the, and we'll talk about this with the match and stuff, but you look at the, how we played and the way we set up and these kind of rumors floating around. What's up, Cliff? You, uh, uh -huh. you see, you see kind of the grand scheme of things. Like there's a vision in place, the management and the coach seem in sync. That's, that's nice. We didn't see that under Paratici, especially during the sorry year. I think it was a little bit better under Pirlo, but still not fully there. Um, yeah. So yeah, so that's, that's the first big one. The next one, um, Di Maria, uh, he is being, he's out for at least 10 days. He's going to be evaluated. 
Uh, again, after 10 days, according to Romeo Gista, or Agresti, or Romeo Agresti, bleh. Um, <laughs> Romeo Agresti, uh, so he has an injury to the left abductor thigh. Uh, Fabina Della Valle, I'm going to butcher, I butcher so many names. Fabiana Della Valle, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She reported that he's out 20 to 30 days. Uh, that's the typical injury length for that. Now, just a little note there. She did report Pugbo was going to be out two months, and he's not. So, you know, a little contrasting ports there. Just yeah. Not that. But she's pretty reliable. So we're looking at 10 days to about a month for Di Maria. There we go. There we go. So, yeah, it's not worst case. The other thing is to, uh, like, once Kiesa comes back again, these signings are big. These mm -hmm. are all big signings. And then, of course, we know Paredes is advancing, okay, in advanced stages. So we'll keep eyes on that. That's pretty much the brunt of the news today, right, Lou? Uh, well, there's one minor depressing one. Uh, Rovella is probably going to be loaned yeah. out officially today. Finalized to Monza. We will get into this Rovella thing a little bit later in a new segment we're going to call Studs Up, okay, everybody? Mm -hmm. So now, said it was going to be myself and Sweet Lucifer, but... You never know what's going to happen on the all UV cast. And we've got Omar dropping in. Omar, how's it going, my man? Couldn't be better. Oh, there we go. The abominable Lou as his uh, handle. Oh, yes. uh, Lou throwing a little bit at Luca, our other team member there with his uh, handle there. So I think that's going to be my thing for this new season of the all UV cast. Every time I show up, I'm just going to. Have a handle that slides. There you go. There you yeah, go. I think I Luca I himself might have actually kicked it off with uh, the Laniel Ducci, um, if yeah. I remember correctly. But it's it's good stuff. It's good stuff, guys. We got the news kind of tackled. We'll dive a little bit further into it. We just wanted to give everybody the key points of what's circulating today. Now we're going to get into the game recap and just talk about some of the key points, and then we'll really break it down. Okay. So the lineup we ended up getting was what we kind of expected, which was going to be that 4-4-2, that hybrid, okay? So Perin, Danilo, Benucci, Bremer, and Sandro across the back. Quadrado, Zaccaria, Locatelli, and McKenney ended up playing that uh, hybrid role through the middle. And then up top, of course, Di Maria and Vlaovic. So that's how it lined up for Juventus. Um, when you get to the game itself, um, Sassuolo actually uh, getting a warning shot off early through a good cross from Berardi. Luckily, on the back post, took an extension that uh, just really was able to just tap it towards goal, and Pedin was all over it. it. We didn't have to wait too long um, after that. 26th, um, we basically just uh, start to swarm them, put some pressure on them, okay? And if you look at this one in the area, Juve's going to try and do this when they have control of possession, and that's McKenny, Zakaria, their Metzalas, in the area next to Vlaovic, um, Quadrado was also in there. He dropped it back. Sandro comes in and crosses it. And because of the added uh, pressure in the area, Di Maria is able to be back post free and he volleys this thing. And that bounce couldn't have worked out any better. Uh, straight up off the ground, looping over Concilia, one nil. And your boy, Berto, calls it. Called Di Maria scoring the first goal of the season for Juventus when uh, we tweeted that on the All UV cast said, Who's going to be the first goal scorer of 22 23 season? Di Maria. Hang on to that one. Might be a trivia question later on somewhere down the road. But uh, there you go. 1 0. Good, good start. And uh, Juve continues. Okay. Um, Vlaovic ended up 
he was making great runs, doing a great job, okay, and latching on to uh, on the end of certain uh, uh, crosses and passes and whatnot. Very, very close to scoring two, doesn't. But then eventually he puts Ferrari under, forces him to uh, make a bad challenge, and there you have it. PK, he steps up, buries it for the 2-0. We go into half at the uh, 2-0 uh, lead. Then in the second half, we just start off kind of the way we finished, doing very, very well, finding spaces, whatnot. Uh, Di Maria starts us off almost curling this thing. Back post, didn't miss by much. And then uh, Juventus in a press, okay, so we forced an error from uh, the Sassuolo defender. It was honestly, I don't know where he was trying to go with that ball. Uh, very, very bad decision. He crossed it right to Di Maria. Di Maria quickly tries to find uh, Vlaovic, gets lucky off a bounce off a defender, even though it looks like it was his arm as he was sliding across. Still falls to Vlaovic, who buries 3-0. We end up seeing substitutes. Miretti, Kostic comes in. Both looked uh, good. Then later on, Rovella comes in, who looked very, very good. Um, but we'll talk more about uh, Rovella. And then uh, Perin wraps things up, making a big, big save, keeping the clean sheet. Perin, great, great performance too. That's the match in recap and highlights and whatnot. Okay, so uh, now we'll get into everybody's thoughts on this game. For me, very, very simple. Was there kinks? Was there uh, things that need to be addressed and worked out? Absolutely. It's the first game of the season, though. You started it off the way you want to. Three points, uh, three goals, getting Vlaovic going early, uh, Di Maria contributing. Um, the substitutes all looked lively and energetic, which was good. The pace and tempo of our game actually remained pretty good. We only had one lull in the first half where we kind of seemed out of sorts. We snapped out of it, and Allegri reacted. That can't be um, understated, yeah. is that he reacted. That was big to see. Um, outside of that, very, very happy. Um, it's all positives. The positives very much outweigh any of the negatives, but uh, we will tackle everything. For me, that's how you kick off the season. Di Maria, not worst case, which is good. 10 days, maybe it'll go up to 20. We'll see. But Kostic uh, looks good to me and makes that signing even bigger. Bring on DePay. Let's wrap it up this week. Lou, let's get your thoughts on this game as a wrap-up, and then we're going to get into Omar's thoughts on it. Yeah, um, you know, kind of similar, very happy with the performance. Uh, the big thing for me and um, the last podcast I did, we talked about, hey, you know, like, is there a plan? Can we see it in place? And to see it from match day one, you could see kind of what they're building, this 4-4-2, 3-5-2 hybrid, to see it kind of live and the way it worked. You know, would Bremer work as a left center back? Looked very good yesterday. Was very happy with his performance. Um, you know, Di Maria getting a goal is, is great. But there's a, there's a little bit of imperfections. There's some kinks to work out. I think the back line still needs to get used to each other a bit. But, you know, as far as performance goes – can't really complain about it and it, it was good Juventus played very vertical and you brought up a really good point about Allegri Al you know we questioned a lot last year is Allegri being stubborn and not changing things does he not have the players to change things do the players not understand him I think you know this is a sign that maybe the players understand him more now they understand what they're asked of more now and maybe now he has the players to be like mid-game hey this isn't working let me try something a little different here um 
And, you know, that's Allegra at his best if he can do that. So uh, very, very happy with the performance. I think we saw about 70% of what we could see from Juventus this year. Yeah, there you go. There you go. I think that's fair as well. Uh, and let quick reminder, everybody, uh, I agree with Comicas here. More likes, please. Let's go. Let's go. Everybody, while you're in here in the chat, let's get those likes up. If you're new here, subscribe to the channel. That's all UV all the time. Now, the abominable Lou. Let's go. Omar, your uh, wrap-up on this uh, season opener. Uh, it was a fun game to watch. I enjoyed it. Juve sort of grew into the game uh, midway through the first half. They look a bit lost. There's some reckless tackles here and there. But except for that defrail chance, no real threat on goal. Uh, Perrin should have handled everything that was thrown his way. And he was great. We got to remember, I won't be too excited because it's still a depleted Sassuolo. It's also their first game of the season. and But there are a lot of positives. There are some negatives. I won't dive into them. But there are still some things to, you know, some rust to shake off. McKenny's passing were, was, it looked like a player who didn't play for a couple of months. And besides that, Bremer, Perrin, uh, Di Maria and Vlahovic were the best for me on the field, which is funny because almost none of them were here last summer. And the rest, what can I say? It looked good. Di Maria was very useful. Uh, we had a problem with counterattacks and, you know, producing something out of them. We lost a lot of that last season. And Di Maria looks like a guy who is a quick uh, thinker. He's fast. He knows how to run forward with the ball. I saw a lot of forward passes from the back to the front, which killed off the Sassuolo's midfield, uh, which is also great because last season it was just right and left and back to the center backs and trying to get from different sides. I didn't see those threaded passes, and today I did see them. Yesterday I did see them. Overall, yeah. it was a good game, a good season opener. I couldn't have asked for a lot more. Uh, cooling break i guess it's going to be a theme this season uh, if the weather keeps being like it is but overall very enjoyable very a lot of good positives bremer what a beast nothing goes through that guy that's right he and i've said i said this in uh even while it was preseason and just when you watch him especially last year coming off uh you know defender of the year performances and whatnot he makes it look so easy like it's never, it never looks like he's uh, like laboring to think or figure out where he's just, it's, it's so easy and it's instinctive and it's impressive to watch. Max Allegri in his post game uh, words essentially repeated the exact same things, just saying uh, he was extremely impressed and really only gave him flack one time when he was applying pressure to Berardi and chased him a little too far into the uh, opponent's half where he didn't want Bremer to go into. Outside of that, he said, didn't put a foot wrong. And he was spot on. Uh, Max was, uh, Bremer was an absolute beast. Bremer playing in this manner makes things a lot easier for a guy like Bonucci. Um, and we were talking about the possibility of a 3-5-2 and how that could help Benucci and whatnot, just having support in numbers. But uh, Bremer, like Benucci needs to play with a guy like that. And even when you look at Chiellini, that's the style Chiellini played. Chiellini played a very aggressive style 
um, playing guys 1v1 and trying to rule them out and whatnot. And Bonucci was kind of that cleanup. And if he can get his positioning right, if he can just get back to uh, a couple steps back in his game, which, mind you, yesterday wasn't that bad. And it was miles ahead of what we saw out of Bonucci in the preseason. Um, we should, fingers crossed, be okay. Gatti, I still say, I'm not as scared as some if he has to step into moments, to be honest. I think, like, he gives me this feeling of... Uh, mature maturity beyond his years and even in uh when you watch him play positionally and whatnot that said we need Bonucci to be um to be good um this season with Bremer he's just got to be good that's the thing he doesn't have to be uh worldly he's just got to be good with a guy like Bremer next to him I just want to say on Bremer something that I was really impressed by um you know was how good he was on the ball you know, and how much he, you get the ball, take it out and like move forward with it. Right. You know, and that's something that I think Juventus for a while, uh, that was the big thing with Delit was that Delit was very good on the ball. That was kind of like his MO. Right. But, you know, Bremer, he kind of looked a little bit different, looked a little bit like Bonucci at times coming out of the back a little bit with the ball. So I think that'll help us in phases with the press. I think that the only thing that's left is for him Danilo and Bonucci to just play more minutes together. And if they do, I think that it'll be a very good back line. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I want to get into man of the match. So Lou, there's obviously a couple candidates and we've all kind of tackled it in uh, a bit of this uh, post-match wrap up and whatnot. And I want to get uh, your thoughts on man of the match. Uh, for me, it's Di Maria. This was the Di Maria show yesterday. I know Vlaovic had the double. He was very, very good, Vlaovic. Uh, he probably should have had a hat trick. There's a couple a couple chances he put a little wide, but he's not 100%. I think that Di Maria was so lively. That's It's hard not to give it to him. I mean, you know, just a great debut. There hasn't been an exciting debut like that. Well, Vlaovic's debut was pretty exciting, but that one was special. Yeah, our... Uh... And this is why everybody just remain calm and let's chill out. We had a good start last season or the Pirlo season. Sorry. Yeah. Pirlo season was a good start too. Got us all hyped up this one, but it does it feel different this season with that kind of start than it did Pirlo's opener in a three nil victory against, I believe Sampadori, if I remember correctly. I think the difference this time around um, is it's Allegri, right? It's kind of like, if we would have started this way last year, you know, like you could see it like on, on Twitter, even with rival fans, right. You know, depending on how many you follow, you know, tweeting, hell, you meant this look pretty good. We're going to have a competitive race, you know, like that Allegri factor because of his history with the club, I think it makes it feel different because it's that, you know, love him or hate him. The guys has one of the highest winning percentages, if not the highest in club history. So, you know, he, dominates domestically in the past for us so i think that that's one of those things there where it's like you get a win like that you make a statement you know the pieces are coming together you can see the plan right it's yeah. a plan we talked about all summer i don't think with pirlo like I, I i think that there was so much unknown like it was exciting but there was no like oh we can mount and like really challenge for something you know yeah and i think uh i think that's fair to kind of say it that way and i i mean uh everybody's kind of using this as a as a max thing 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of this uh, performance and whatnot and getting out of the gate like that. But I think it was super important to kind of erase those feelings, those doubts and those concerns in the play and what was happening in preseason and whatnot. And we actually got into this yesterday um, with uh, Omar and myself saying that was a challenging preseason for Juventus to choose number one, to go on the U S tour. Okay. Um, Number one, the travel, the jet lag, everything like that. But the opponents, the established opponents in terms of style of play, when you've got a team that's got a lot of fresh faces around, this was another thing that can't be understated about what uh, was achieved yesterday. It just, uh, it's good to come out in that way. And it shows these guys what they can do. Uh, Vlaovic now gets the support. He was getting on to the end of crosses and passes and whatnot. It can happen. Kostic, when he entered, very, very lively, looked good. His pace is great. Yeah. Great pace. Um, one thing that people that followed him uh, were telling me is his work rate is going to be right up there. And it's going to suit uh, especially Allegri and whatnot. So it's going to be interesting to see. He had one cross that was absolutely money. And if we, it, it's almost seems like the guys just didn't know, you know, they yeah, were, there's they a little bit of be. like, you got to feel each other out, right? Exactly. But he put a ball for a perfect trailing run out of the mm-hmm. midfield. Uh, if uh, the guy was there and in place. And again, once these kinks work out, once there's more minutes, more reps and whatnot, they yeah. will sort it out and get it together. But it was very, very promising uh, start. So we got Omar back. Omar, we were just giving our uh, man of the match. Uh, Lou went with Di Maria. I have not given mine yet. I want to get uh, yours as man of the match. And in the live, it seemed uh, very heavy to uh, uh, Di Maria and uh, Vlaovic. So I want to get your thoughts on who you would give man of the match to. Um Di Maria is the first shout. He added a lot of joy and excitement to the game, basically. But uh, just to not go as same as Lou, uh, I'll go with Bremer. That was a fantastic first game. His interception level, he, like, he stops attacks without trying too hard. He doesn't need to chase down defenders. He just reads the game beautifully. And I love those types of defenders. Nesta was like that. Canavaro was like that. Guys who don't need to tackle because they anticipate a lot in advance. So, big shout out to Bremer. I hope he continues this form all throughout the season. There you go. There you go. I was going to probably go with Bremer out of sake of being different from both of you. I'm going to just give Vlaovic. That way, I think the three key guys that were yeah. at the top of the mix for man of the match get covered, which is uh, Vlaovic, um, Di Maria, and Bremer. Outside shot. And shout out to Perin too. You just read my mind now. Yeah, Perin deserves it too. And that's another luxury a lot of teams don't have is that we have two capable of playing as number ones. And Perin is fully capable of being a number one in Chesney's uh, absence. Will Renewing Pedin, him was something that went under the radar, but it was a great move by the management. Yeah, that, it really was. Well, it was it was a shock to myself and Anthony. We we were talking about it the second that it got locked in as uh, him staying. It was surprising because of his quality and thinking like is we just we had high doubts. I had high doubts that he would stay and be yeah. all right playing second fiddle to Chesney, right? Yeah. So. 
but uh yeah it it was great pitting was uh was big and again it's a luxury not a lot of clubs actually have so props to him ryan is ryan s looking for a fight we had buffon you can't say something like that in a in a uber (laughs) podcast we haven't had any great backup goalkeepers that's true uh buffon came back well in pirlo season buffon ended up essentially being the number one uh, <laughs> yeah. pirlo was on pirlo was on with buffon and sitting chesney so yeah. ah. and in the eyes right. of many fans at that time it was the right move but again that's yeah. uh you know a couple of uh, seasons yeah. ago we could get uh all into that one and whatnot but <laughs> buffon is like one of a kind uh you'll never find a guy at that age that could still be a number one i just want to say yeah. about Perrin, I think him sticking around shows kind of the collective that Juventus is building, like in the locker room. There's a player with that kind of talent that's okay being a backup because he believes not only in the project, but he likes where he's at, kind of the atmosphere of where he's at. Um, yeah. You know, I think Juventus had lost that a little bit uh, towards the end of Max's last tenure, you know, R- Ronaldo and, you know, kind of that trying to change the guard. But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's coming back a little bit and the feelings around the club are, are good. The players, the, the atmosphere, even the way they celebrated yesterday, the passion. Um, you know, he cut his salary. Yeah. He cut his salary to stay here and he's one injury away from playing Champions League football. Like, yeah. that's a smart decision. You won't get that with Genoa or whoever you want to sign him. She knows, I was thinking the other day, you know, if Tech's a little bit on the older side, if Tech does walk, Brin, you know, could make his way into that conversation you never know yeah a consistently yeah. good season could, could work that out absolutely absolutely now we um we're always looking to change things have more fun and more interaction uh, at all uv cast and on our twitter accounts and whatnot yesterday was the first edition of the ajc tweet of the match awards okay so what that's going to be is in the future okay you guys you're out there in twitter this is the hashtag, okay? Or and you can just simply tag the uh, at all UVcast account, but AJC TOTM for tweet of the match. And yesterday's tough to pick just one. We're gonna go with a couple of these ones though. This one was pretty funny in the lineups, okay? Allegri reading hate tweets after fans seeing his starting lineup. I thought that one was pretty funny <laughs> from uh, Juventino MC. And then this one was funny, and we're gonna get into it because we have a lot more uh, getting into it in the live chat and i was not ignoring you juventini okay we're gonna get into the play of sandro but this one was funny too okay so it's uh sandro there uh with the ballon d'or and whatnot these were a couple <laughs> beauties and again this is the first edition and we kind of released it a little bit late but in the future get in there let's have some fun if you read something or see something that uh, should be considered in the mix. Simply tag it with that hashtag or our at all UVcast account. But these were uh, really, really good. This one made me laugh. Uh, that was uh, mint. So out of these two, which ones you guys like uh, the most? The Allegri one or the Sandro Ballandor? Uh, Who's going to take the title on the first ever? I'm I'm rolling with Mike's on this one. The uh, the Allegri one was funny. That made that me one laugh. is really really good. I think nah. I'm probably going to give that one. I disagree. I think the Sandra one is better. Oh, we got a split. We got a split. Everybody on the live, which one should take it? Juventino MCs for Allegri or uh, Gora Striche 8 
with uh, the Sandro. Let's go. The, Sal- the Sandro Ballon d'Or picture just seems so wrong on so many levels. Like, just... <laughs> I know. I mean, maybe the color awesome. tint to the hands could have helped as well. And maybe, you uh, know, proportion. Still class, though. Oh, it's so, class. It's funny. It's just that, you know, like, it just it makes me wince. Like, you know. Yeah. Just, Look uh, at this, though. We've got a split even in here. You got uh, one, two, three... Sandro, Sandro, uh, I think you. Allegri, oh, yeah. Allegri, Allegri. Okay. Juventino, MC, Mike, congratulations. The first ever winner of uh, the AJC tweet of the match. Wins you absolutely nothing except bragging rights right now, but maybe we'll get some prizes in the future. Okay. Now, Sandro, we got to get into the Alexandro talk. So I don't want to be that guy but i'm going to tell everybody to just remain calm if you're getting hyped up on sandro a bounce back season all this because you don't have to look very far to see what's happened and even last year if everybody can remember he started off out of the gates playing great ball it lasted a total of about five six matches and i remember each after each match i said can he do it consistently for a season in its entirety? My, I, oh, I had my doubts then, and sure enough, the old Sandro happened again. And this season, I'm not going to go too far in ahead. He started off great. I need to see it consistently and throughout season. I'm not going to hold my breath on Sandro doing that. Your guys' thoughts on Sandro's performance, and should people expect a bounce back season now from this player. Yeah. Yeah. No. History doesn't help them. The only, the only, I guess, positive thing I can say is that, I don't know, maybe in the three, five, two, he doesn't really have to worry about his defensive duties because Bremer can cover for him, but yeah. Yeah. So I, I trust it. My, my biggest fear is that he will have a decent season and he'll get renewed. <laughs> well, here we go with Anthony's comment here saying that uh, he doesn't see why he can't have a bounce back year and uh, he's on a contract year so he needs to perform I don't see it being uh, an extension no matter what to be honest uh, the fact that uh, Juve would have released him if they could have done so without eating a huge chunk of salary I think is kind of that be all end all to be honest I don't see no. Kerubini and Ariva Bennett making that extension. Not with no, the way it, they've been operating. To be completely yeah. serious, uh, he should step up when it when it matters the most. Against Asuolo, who the right back got injured one minute into the game, and they basically use a substitute. It's fine. It's nice. It's okay for the memes and everything. But do that in the Champions League uh, quarterfinals or whatever. If we ever make it back there, that's when it that when it counts. Do it against Inter, against Milan, against you know matches that matter. <laughs> against Spezia, yeah. that's great. But Anthony know, uh, correcting himself, contract year, but not for us. Uh, extending for him to leave. Uh, so, <laughs> Thank yeah. you for clarifying that, Anthony. <laughs> yeah, I, I was getting a little concerned, Anthony, but uh, yeah. I feel I feel much better now. Okay, uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's one of those things, right? Uh, I just. It's got to be more than just the one-off matches, right? It's no different when you look at Juve's play in general, like we played against Sassuolo. We have to do that, but we have to continue that way. And the biggest thing is it can't change with the players that 
end up entering the pitch. Okay, so the whole uh, once Sandro's there, the next player that's in there, even with uh, Di Maria now out for you know maybe ten days, maybe a little bit longer, it's got to carry on with uh, Kostic and then just keep on going through. Same thing in the midfield. Now, in terms of the midfield. That is an area that we wanted to get into and talk about. Okay, so the middle of the park for me um, in this one, you could see some shortcomings. You could see something was just missing. In my personal opinion, Zakari and McKenney need to be change-ups to each other. And I don't necessarily feel like they should both share the pitch. I also... I can't say this enough, and it's crazy that we have to always say this, but I don't like a central midfielder playing as an outside position. I just, it, I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, I think there's very few that can actually do it uh, effectively and properly, but um, McKinney would not be my choice as one of those guys. Yeah. In the midfield, I thought that was a bit of a hindrance. Locatelli got a lot of flack in this game from a lot of Juventini, but honestly, I'm going to go a little bit further and say, yes, obviously wasn't his greatest showing. He only touched the ball about 36 times in his minutes there. So very, very low amount of playing it through him. But again, I've also like, I highlighted that through the preseason and through their training sessions into what they're trying to do and what they're trying to do also affected some of his turnovers. He turned, he was dispossessed about six times in yesterday's match. It was, getting Juventini frustrated and whatnot. But overall, he wasn't terrible by any means. But it wasn't a strong showing. But what's happening is we are trying to get our Metsalas further up the pitch quicker to give Vlaovic outlet and our fullbacks outlets to play into. Um, just so that we don't see a lot of what we were getting last year, which is our guys up top being completely isolated. It makes sense. It's also supposed to give the guys playing out of the back another option if they can find the lane through the midfield to find the Metzalas advanced, and then we can turn and actually run at defenses. It's all great, except yesterday, Zakaria for me was a little bit absent, and they were abandoning Locatelli sometimes a little bit too early in trying to take over those positions. So I saw a little bit of an issue there systematically versus just getting into the players as individuals guys your thoughts on that midfield uh do you agree with what i'm saying in terms of mckinney and zakaria or how do you feel about uh the midfield yesterday uh well i agree i mean the midfield you know we al and i were talking backstage a little bit about this before uh you joined omar but this was something that i wanted to highlight it was really my one kind of uh negative in this game was just the midfield itself and i think there's a couple problems uh, with the midfield. I think number one, you know, Al, you're right. McKinney, Zakaria together, just not good enough. Uh, you know, Zakaria, he looks lost. I just, I can't put my finger on it. I'm not sure if it's maybe just, he hasn't really had that much time to settle in, you know, only half a season last year, but he always kind of looks a little uh, out of place in the legendary system. Uh, McKinney, you know, as good as he is, he brings a lot. He scores a lot of garbage goals. He brings a lot of energy. You know, he's just missing a little bit when it comes to, like, the final ball, the final, you know, like, should I make a run here? Should I make a pass here? It's just that that last thing that separates uh, good players from great players that, you know, like, that timing, he just he misses it. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, the Locatelli thing, I think that 
you know, yes, he didn't have a very good performance yesterday, but I think, you know, Locatelli is not a tempo guy. He's not a, you know, he's not like a Jorginho or a Pirlo regista. He's not that type of regista. He's not going to, you know, like play the ball over the top, set the tone for the team, right? He's more of a, you know, like a Mark Van Bommel, like a more, you know, sits in front of the fence. He's very good on the ball, you know, can make a risky pass forward, can, you know, get to the box, score goals, you know, clean up the defense. He's kind of that kind of regista. And I think that's why, and, you know, I know this is something you want to bring up, but why they're looking so hard at someone like Paredes is so they have someone that can kind of, you know, do that distribution out of the back. Not yeah. he's necessarily, uh, you know, like a Jorginho in this prime level regista, but he's a little bit better at that than Locatelli. You kind of free him up a little bit more um, for that. And I think that that's – you see yesterday where they, like, they have a plan for when Pogba's there, but they don't have Pogba. And I think that kind of that that midfielder that needs to get in the box, support Vlaovic, would be Pogba in that scenario. It's just at the moment they don't have it. Yeah. I just don't do that. And I think when you look at where we get the ball to these Metsalas, then McKinney's skill set kind of comes into question because he is that guy that just makes those trailing runs. He gets into the area. He can be an aerial threat and he can score if he finds a ball in the area. But when we're getting him the ball and it's kind of a wide or deep uh, or close to the byline there, he was very limited. All he could do was put a few balls forward for Sandro's run. So getting the fullbacks involved helps tremendously when those are your Metzalas, right? Not as technically uh, gifted and whatnot, but it's it's going to be one of those things. For me, I just I don't see them as uh, change-ups. I want to change this question before we get to Omar because what I want to say is, and this is the thoughts of a lot of Juventini out there, and I get into a lot of discussions on this because I feel a certain way, and we might be getting into a new segment called Studs Up, right now okay so studs up is when we're going to get into something that's kind of on the hot side of things and whatnot and this is it so i read saying this parade is coming in mean locatelli would play as a mitzala i want to ask you omar is that the solution is that better for us to have locatelli as a mitzala as opposed to regista what are your thoughts on that omar yeah i was kind of thinking that even before sorry broke them i said i i mean you were are not chasing Paredes for six million a year to be a substitute for Locatelli. That's my opinion. If he's, they're bringing him in for that salary, they're aiming to play him more often than not. Uh, I I will remind you that it is a very condensed season because of the what's it called the World Cup, As, and the schedule is condensed now before we even saw Champions League draw and Coppa Italia matches. Etc. Etc. So, I think Paredes is aimed to be our Metzala for the season. I think Lucatelli will be pushed forward. Um, look, Zakaria and McKenny wouldn't have played together if Pogba wasn't injured. So, and maybe Allegri wanted to play it safe. The big question mark that I saw from that game was Fajoli. I it was super weird to me that Miretti and Rovella, who's supposed to leave today. A new club got the nod before Fajoli did. Um, but so that could be you, like what was your opinion about that? Before deciding on anything, too. I, I, I think, might be. I, I think wanted to get your opinion. I think Fajoli has the uh, 
has he has an upper hand on both those guys. A, he played in the preseason, um, probably the most out of them, at least more than Moretti, right? Uh, B, yeah. Allegri knows him. He kind of discovered him the first time around. He was the person that promoted him to the first team the first time he was promoted, before even Pirlo. Yeah. So there's a little advantage there. Um, you know, I think that also, like, there's the business side of things. It's like, hey, like, play Rovella, play Moretti. These are two players that could go on loan. Um, you know, we reported that about Moretti's agent talking about maybe sending him out on loan. Um, as far as how they line up, I think that the big outlier is what happens with Pugba. Because if there's a fit Pugba, I could see, you know, Loco Paredes kind of playing almost as like a two, right? Where Pugba's that free-flowing midfielder that plays probably further off the pitch, you know. Um, he doesn't really have to worry about defensive duties, and they're kind of cleaning up for him a little bit. You know, Locatelli could still get forward into the box and make those runs that he's very good at, but he wouldn't necessarily – he'd be somewhere in between a Metzala or in a second CDM for them. But I think that – I think the big thing that someone like a Paredes would bring is just that he could take a little bit of pressure off of Locatelli and that distribution. Yeah. Um, because you saw it when Sassuolo, when teams press us, we have a huge problem with it. Swallowing did it for seven minutes, and it took us a, it nearly cost us the game yesterday. I mean, we were that was our worst phase of our game when they started pressing us. So, um, I, uh, I don't know they, about Locatelli as a mid-sala, to be honest. Um, I don't think it's going to be as groundbreaking as many Juventini believe it will. I. I hope I'm wrong because it looks like it appears like that's where we're going to be going. My personal take is this whole Paredes thing and trying to get him in there and whatnot. I get it. It's a loan. It'll be an obligation after it's also going to be 7 million a season. I would rather put some wage, put some money spend on a left back, to be honest, before going out uh, on this Paredes route. Um, and this is not a discredit to Paredes by any means uh, as a player. I just, I don't think Locatelli as a Mitzala is going to be this groundbreaking revolutionary thing like many Juventini feel. I think he'll help, he'll contribute, but it's not, it's still going to be not the ideal scenario. We were talking even when Pogba came back, and if many Juventini, you know, refresh their memories to during the Mercado when brought him in and saying, is that enough for the attack side of things out of the middle of the pitch? And many answered, no, you still need a creative force given the names that we currently have on the roster. And that still included Locatelli. Last year, I was an advocate for getting Locatelli out there because we didn't have the options. But now when you got a guy like Fajoli that can do it and do it skillfully, and he's pretty good technically, I think he just needs the reps. He needs the minutes in Serie A. He needs that time in these meaningful matches to dial it in. Because in Serie B, it's a lot different. The tempo, everything is different. The intensity is different, but he delivered. To get it now, he's got to get those reps in Serie A. It's no different than Gatti. Gatti, I think, will surprise a lot of people, but he's got to get he's got to get the time. He's got to get the reps, and he's got to get up to it, right? I think Fajoli is the same. Miretti, I think Miretti can do it too, to some degree. Can both of those guys do it better than Locatelli? I don't necessarily know. I see Locatelli in one way. I see him as naturally his most natural in a two-man pivot. 
at the yeah, back. That's, that's how I see him that's most naturally. Second to that, as Regista, to be honest. And that's just yeah. me. Your guys' thoughts on Locatelli positionally. No, that, that's, what, that's what I was getting at. I think like when it's in place, he and Paredes will line up as a two. It, it, will, it may even like line up on paper as a three, but it will be play out as a two where that third midfielder is kind of a free-flowing Pogba Fajoli type, right? Yeah. Um, you know, so – and I, I do have a counter question, but I'm going to let Omar answer this on the – Yes. Because I have a counter question about the left back, so I want to circle back to that. Go ahead, Omar. Okay, so – Basically, what Lou said, I, I haven't seen enough of Lucatelli as a Metzala to decide that this is the best position and this is who we should aim for. At the moment, it could go to any one of those guys. Um, but when Paredes comes in, I'm guessing we'll see all types of midfield combinations this season with everyone playing everywhere at some point. Uh, one game is not enough to judge. Last season is can judge anything based on that with Rabio and Arthur. So, I don't know. I don't have a strong opinion about where Lucatelli is playing his best football. Uh, what I did see that was interesting was Miretti was kind of that free-flowing midfielder. He even played further up. He came in for Di Maria and he kind of occupied that role a bit more than he was a midfielder who was sort of an attacker. Like, at some point, it felt like we had Blachowicz, Sule, and Miretti playing as the front three. That's what I saw from there. And maybe that's tweak Max figured Max figured out that might be okay. Don't know if you've seen that, but if you did, I like to get your opinion about it. Lou. So real quick on the left back thing, so I don't want to lose this. I agree with you. <laughs> I like I think that the priority of the big holes were missing a left back. The question I ask is who? It's the first question. And seeing kind of like the Kostic signing as potentially a left wing back, do you still think we need that the that left back there with Kostic? I think so. I think so, to be honest. If we're going to end up playing in like a 4-4-2 or a 4-3-3, Max kind of shed some light on the 3-5-2 not kind of being in his plans. Obviously, that can change and whatnot, but... Even with Kostic around, I actually do think because I think Kostic is going to be that outside mid or winger, mm. to be honest, in the plans. And again, when we go back to not banking on Sandro or the coverage, even though even uh, DeShilio stepped on and was doing flip tricks, and it was like, what? Who is this guy? Lord DeShilio. Um, do not bank on those things, Juventini, okay? They are not uh, going to be constants, in my personal opinion. But uh, it was funny to see. It was good to see that uh, a little yeah, bit of out of there. Head. I think in left back, it, here's the funny thing. I was talking to Antonio. Uh, it's been great uh, talking to him. Uh, obviously, he's team member, all Juvecast, but he's been uh, gone uh, for a little bit here, hoping one day he'll get back to us. But uh, we were talking, and just he was sending me a WhatsApp, and I said, and I go, at this point, Antonio, like, how scary is it that I'm actually okay with bringing in Emerson Palmieri because that's what we've gotten out of, like, the left side, that he would even be, I think, an improvement and an upgrade on the situation at left back. Like, I would actually be like, okay, we brought in Emerson Palmieri. As much as I, like, don't rate him uh, anything crazy, I would actually take that as a step up. To be honest, is it the first name? Not even close. 
But if you look at some of the targets that Juventus was uh, out there for and rumored on on left back, there's still, I think, three in play. Uh, Emerson obviously being one of them, but I think Wendell's still in play. Um, you know, no, no. He, he signed. No, he, I, uh, I signed him. There so you go. So Wendell's gone. So Wendell's gone. Uh, Yudoji's gone. So whew, Emerson. And there was the another name. name. I'm trying the, to think of who the other name was through the Mercado. There's been so much news there, but there was one other guy in play. But honestly, yeah, like, well, Lodi's still around, but he's technically, I mean, the rumors he's not leaving. So, but he's there, you know? Yeah, Lodi. And there's there was another, like, young, like, kind of low key signing that people were kind of hyped up on. I'm sure Ralph Raum. would know it. Sorry? No, it was Raum, the the guy from uh, from Germany. Oh, yeah, name? he was. Raum was another one. That's not the guy I'm thinking of, though. Um, I'll get it. I'll tweet it and whatnot. We'll, we'll sort Grimal- this out. But, Grimaldo was one. I just, his name was mentioned. My my thing on the left back, I think we need one. Sandra is the worst. I just don't want to sign another mediocre player to cover over it and then yeah. have to do it again next year. Yeah. You know, like I just, I, I think that the one thing about the management I've, I've learned is they're, they're patient in evaluations. And if they really want someone, they'll go get it, you know, but like when it comes to like evaluating and like finding a plan, they're very, very patient. And Amesh so, coming with some news too that Emerson's almost done to West Ham. So there you go. Yeah. Maybe Juve can sign me. Uh, Mohamed yesterday uh, put my name forth for left back. I'm a winger, but or I'm a midfielder, but whatever. I'll do it. I'll do it for the cause. Look, I want to get into something else on this whole Paredes thing, and we were talking Locatelli positionally, where he should play and whatnot, but Rovella heading out on loan. I want to get your thoughts on that before I weigh in and – because it's kind of been another one of my reasons as to why I think long-term it would be more beneficial for Juventus to keep two out of the three players of uh, Fagioli, Rovella, Miretti. I think long-term it would we would have much more benefits of keeping him around. And I think he's looked up to, uh, and this is, again, my own personal opinion is just where Locatelli naturally plays i see him naturally as a two-man pivot but the second best to that is a regista rovella as a change-up to him is great that's why paredes comes in it kind of throws this mix into the thing because there's not enough room then rovella's going out on loan to monza and then locatelli's being shifted to this mezzala and whatnot i just i don't know i have a lot of feelings about it but i don't like I would rather keep Rovella around. That's my personal opinion. Your guys' thoughts on Rovella being loaned? I don't. I've I've said mine yesterday, so Lou, go ahead. Yeah, I, I, I don't I don't like it. Um, I, I think a player I probably would have loaned is Moretti. I think Moretti's super talented. I just think that he could use the minutes. Uh, kind of you know, Fajoli Filippo over Nokia had really positive experiences in Serie B, but um, I think he could have used this the same, um, but. You know, the really hard part with Rovella, so much that midfield need needed cleaning out, not just Arthur and Rabiot, but you can kind of sense that Juventus really don't love Zakaria either. That, you know, if management could play that transfer back, I wonder if they would do it again. 
um, just based on the rumors and some of the news that we've we followed a little bit. So, you know, I just I just think he got unlucky, and I I think you know the other thing too. I just think Allegri, you know, he has favorites, and I think he just prefers the other two. They seem a little bit more, at least to Max. I don't necessarily believe this, but to Max, they seem a little bit more flexible. The fact that he could play Moretti in three different positions, I don't know. Maybe he likes that better. Just, but yeah, that's kind of the feeling. It's starting to uh, starting to seem that way for La Juventini and the way we're discussing and whatnot. It does seem like they're uh, they're a bit favored there. I think Rovella did a great job through the summer um, and really looked uh, looked up to it. Um, so yeah, we will see Moretti's uh, man. He's uh, he's getting hyped up. There's uh, there's a lot of uh, Juventini feeling very, very strongly about Moretti already. I think the signs are there. Um, it's just oh, yeah. going to see the biggest question I have in terms of Moretti is, is he going to see enough time to really make those gains this season, right? That's my biggest question mark uh, with Moretti, and that's why I was calling for his loan um, is just to get him the minutes uh, required to really step up and a Syria loan, not a Syria Bay thing. Like even Fajoli should have been loaned in yeah. Syria. That's always the one thing, the one knock I had on the Fajoli loan was the fact that he went to Syria B and not Syria, right? At least, at least like the other reason I, I threw the Syria B thing out was just based on the other two, but at least like he's 19, right? So like you give him a, if you get him a good loan, like that's just, it's prime time. Uh, but as far as like his quality, you can see it there. There's just, there's something different about him yeah. compared to the other two. Yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Again, like it's how calm he really is on the ball stands out the most probably for like a youngster that steps in there. He's got incredible touch and he's great on the ball. And yeah, I think that's the first thing is just how calm and cool he is on that ball. Uh, listen, everybody, want to get those Storm the Barn questions in, okay, as we wrap up uh, this uh, first post-match uh, session of 22-23, kicking off with a great 3-0 victory. We're going to get into uh, Juventus and Sampdoria is going to be the next game. My God, I tried everything to do to get out of work yesterday, to run a watch along, okay? wasn't able to. I'm going to try my best to get one done for uh, Sampdoria, but these Monday matches are killers. What's going on? <laughs> What's going on, Syria? Figure it out. Come on. Give me a Sunday, a Saturday. Like, starting the year off on a couple Mondays? Who came up with this garbage? Nonsense. Nonsense. Storm the barn. We're going to kick it off with Anish. And Anish, I will say this because I've seen the questions in there in terms of the Discord server. We are just finalizing the Discord server. Look for it in the next two days, Juventini, where we will be able to uh, get the chats going and continued off the streams. Okay, so it's going to be great. And our team members should be taking part in that as well. And you'll get a chance to mix it up with all of us in there. Um your question, Di Maria out for 10 days. Possibly he'll be back after missing first Champions League game. Will we move to a 3-5-2 after this? Is, is Quadrado required wing back? I don't see us moving to a 3-5-2 uh, because of the coverage and the fact that Depay should be finalized as well. And Kostic being in there now, proving a big, uh, big signing now, again, with some more injuries. The interesting thing with Di Maria is that Max actually said he was dealing with this for about a week leading up to this as well. 
And it's one of those things, the players, the staff, they're all going to make decisions on these things. This is an unfortunate, unfortunate uh, event to just get this. Luckily for us, it's nothing serious or crucial by any means, but uh, it's just one of those things. Um, I don't see us switching to a three, five, two. I'm going to say no. Um, Lou, Omar, see us switching. Not like just outright. I think we'll see it in a hybrid like this. It'll be something between a four, four, two and the three, five, two throughout the year. Yeah. That's kind of what we operated yesterday. But um, I do think Quadrado is essential for that. What they're trying to do on the right, but on the right side. Yeah. Omar. Yeah, I, I'm having a bit of trouble, you know, figuring out what our formation is during games. Like, it's so good when before the game, when you see the players and you get, oh, that's a 4-4-2. Uh, but I saw a lot of possession switches, so it was really hard for me to point out. I saw Quadrado on the left for some period yeah. of the match, and the, the midfield always shifted. Danilo made a lot of runs forward, so it wasn't exactly what we thought it would be, like an extra center back. Uh, so for some portions of the match, I did see a 3-5-2 where it was only Di Maria and Vlahovic up front and the rest kind of stuck to their positions. But I don't think we'll see it too much if everyone is healthy. That's, that's a good way to handle all the attackers that we are missing right yeah. now and with Di Maria out possibly the pie in maybe we'll see it more often than we think just because of absences not for any other reason yeah Jeremiah what kind of UV do you think we're going to get in the next two games with Di Maria missing I think it's going to change very very obviously you're losing a hell of a player in terms of quality and whatnot but uh, I think in terms of formation everything like we we're talking to niche don't expect uh, wholesale changes I think Quadrado still going to be essential to one side. Uh, you're probably going to get uh, Kostic operating the opposite. And I, I would just uh, assume Keane's going to enter the mix as being uh, next to Vlaovic up top there. And they're probably going to operate that way and use Kostic and Quadrado as those outsides and play it in that manner. What do you guys think? Yeah, I mean, the only other thing I could think of up front is if they tried Kostic next to uh, Vlaovic. I don't know if that would work, though, but off the top of my head, that's the only other thing I could think of instead of – unless the pie, like, arrives on Tuesday, like, you know, something crazy. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. gaming on Monday might help us in that scenario. Yeah, um, that's true. That's true. But so. I think to answer his question, yes, it's a loss of quality, but I don't think that the tempo we saw in that first match should still be there. The tempo – the energy, the aggression, the ability to kind of move around like Max did them, that should remain. Yeah. Okay. Omar? Yeah, I have nothing to add. You Nothing to add. You've got to cover. Fair yeah. enough. Fair enough. Storm the barn. If you have a choice, Depay for free or Zaniolo for 50? Depay for free. Depay for free as well. Depay for free. Yeah. That's a, I don't a like that price tag for Zaniolo. Hey, man, I'm telling you, until I see a renewal for Zaniolo at Roma, it ain't dead. It ain't dead, Juventini. And another thing we didn't really get into in the whole Paredes thing, I know it's not a huge deal because it's a loan with obligation, but it's $7 million salary. This is going to be an interesting season with the World Cup being where it is, and I think 
the winter Mercado could be a very, very interesting one yeah. following up that World Cup. And I think we might even be seeing some signs of why Juve's kind of being a little tight because they basically haven't really touched their transfer budget, whatever the hell that number is. So it's either the budget is nowhere near what it is, which I actually think it isn't what it was actually reported. But on top of that, I think this Mercado with certain contracts and certain targets that we've heard about, it could be a very, very interesting one. It's going to be a lot of last chance uh, saloons type scenarios for teams trying to get some deals before some players become uh, available and they lose pretty much all leverage. And it's not just Juve trying to recover post pandemic, but essentially all the teams. So it's going to be a very, very interesting scenario. I think this January window coming up could be an interesting one. Lou, what do you think? I'm right there with you. I've said that a couple of times on, on Twitter. I think it's going to be a uh, very active winter Mercado, not just for us, but for most clubs. That's yeah. why I proposed the question about the left back. Like it might not be there now, but it could be there post world cup. So that's, that, that's kind of, you know, same like Zaniolo is like not there now, but could be there later. Like that, the management is very, very calculated. They're not only tight on their spending. They have ideas. And when it's there, they go for it. But it's, it's about when it's there, right? They will wait for it to be there. Yeah. And uh, Omar, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think that because of the, you know, mainly because of COVID, the shift in the mentality in the transfer market, it, it kind of changed, except for the English clubs. But a lot of clubs are looking for those free deals, end of contract guys to lower the prices. We did that a couple of times. And as far as Zaniolo is concerned, next summer, if he doesn't renew next summer, is his last. And I've said it a couple of times before that then we have the upper hand like we did with the, what was it, was Vlahovic mainly or Zakaria, because they don't want to lose him for free one summer after. Now Roma has the upper hand. They can ask whatever they want. And 50 million is exaggerated, in my opinion. Yeah. So uh, they do have a plan as far as I can see it. Like you said, either the report of the money available is false or they have future investment that they're waiting for. So they're not overspending now, which what is what was missing basically in the past couple of seasons, uh, financial planning towards the future. You will just get whoever you want now and deal with the consequences later. Absolutely. Yeah, there you have it. And uh, I agree. I agree. Rick Ozzy, thank you, number one, for uh, the uh, donation there. And Paredes missed 20 games last season. J Medical Bed Ready. Mamma mia. <laughs> so yeah. 20, he did have a bad one. If you look to the seasons prior, though, he actually was pretty much uh, very much a available player. Um, last year was a bad one, and he did miss out a lot, so it can't be kind of um, – discredited or whatnot but before that he's been relatively yeah almost always available there is one thing that uh, Paredes has that a lot of our other midfielders don't he's played in the Champions League final like start to finish that's something that yeah. I think that's like you know like obviously I'm not saying he's a world beater I'm not saying he's gonna come in and be you know like Andrea Pirlo was for Juventus but there's a level there that I think that like you experience he plays for argentina pretty regularly i assume they're gonna make a they're geared to make a good run at the world cup 
you know, that these are, these are some things that I think you meant this miss a little bit. It's just like super experienced players to help these young guys kind of, you know, drag them over the line. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I, and I would add that uh, he is like, like we say, son of a bitch. Yes. Like, and we, we are missing that type of player a bit in the midfield, that hard-nosed guy who opponents fear him. Yeah. They know he's a harsh tackler and stuff, and he does cover that role. Yeah. And that's the thing. I want to ask you guys, is Paredes, if he came in, do you think he would be way ahead of Locatelli in terms of Regista? Is he more naturally a Regista than even Locatelli? He, uh... Nah, I don't know. I'm gonna... Is it gonna be a is it gonna be a step up that it tips the scales he, for us? I think he's a little bit more polished. A little more polished than Luca. That's fair. Yeah, he's older. But he's been around the block they're, uh, they're more than Luca. I think Paredes is better at uh, playing the ball out of the back than maybe Locatelli is. Yeah, I'm. I'm cons- I think like. The one thing for me, when I whenever I've seen Paredes play, and in terms of Locatelli, the weighted the weighted balls are probably better from Paredes than they are Locatelli. Locatelli hasn't necessarily been able to dial up the long distance ones. Always seems like it's too much or too little and whatnot. But that's really it that I can think of. I don't know. I'm still. I'm still skeptical because I don't see it tipping the scales massively um, in our favor, but it looks like Juventus is going to go that road and we're going to end up with Locatelli as a Mitsala. Fingers crossed that it works out, Juventini. Fingers crossed. Chiesa, Storm the Barn returns towards the end of September. Can't wait. Nobody can wait. This is going to be a massive, massive return given what we've seen we can do and the the additions of Kostic, Marie and whatnot. This is exciting to add Chiesa into the mix. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be good. And again, we might have this skeptical feeling because of Chiesa not doing a ton under Allegri before his injury and whatnot. But you can't also discount the new faces in that uh, quality increase, right? So it's gonna just be a matter of number one. The 4-4-2 hybrid, I don't think works when Chiesa returns. So I think you got to go straight up 4-3-3. Otherwise, you're asking, you're still going to end up asking one, maybe two guys to do defensive work you don't necessarily want to. Like, I don't want Chiesa being the guy that does that, uh, that work. He needs to be up forward. He needs to be in the opportunities to take guys on 1v1. That's his strength. So... That's going to be an interesting thing one when Kiesa returns, but it's going to be massive for this team once he comes back, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt. Um, your guys' thoughts on when he comes back and any kind of changes you see? I, I mean, watching the game yesterday, like I felt like I could see where he could slot in. You know, even even in a traditional 4-4-2, he could play as, a, as an outside mid, right? He could kind of, you know, take the quadrato rule where he's like not doing as much defending, but, you know, focusing a little bit more on hitting forward. I mean, there's endless possibilities. I don't, I don't know how it will change. I don't know if it will go flat to four, three, three. He did play as a wing back under Pirlo. It was pretty good. 
a little bit. So, I mean, who knows? You know, seeing Di Maria r- run around as that second striker like he did yesterday, couldn't help but wonder if like Chiesa could do the same thing. You know? Yeah, yeah. It'll be it'll be interesting to see. I mean, we got to get Chiesa, no doubt, when he comes in, firing. That's that's the biggest yeah. thing. Uh, Paredes is garbage, uh, guys. Vito saying totally agree with Omar that uh, uh, Paredes is a son of a bitch and he'll bring that fire. Uh, Abdullah just saying important they don't give him a long contract, and I don't think it is. I think it's reported to be like two years or something. So, yeah, yeah, I don't see uh, three years, not 2026. Yeah, yeah. So, last one we kind of tackled a bit, and this is from Arash. They're just basically saying what's going on with the pecking order as far as the young guys. Fajoli went from first to last. I don't think he's gone from first to last based on just if we're going to talk about yesterday. Uh, because again, uh, Rovella reported was going to have a loan finalized in the next coming days. Maybe it's a final look, and maybe Allegri just wondering, you know, still maybe he was still on the fence with the whole Rovella thing, so you never really know. Um, Miretti, I think Miretti, same thing. It's how's these guys react? What are they going to do? Can he keep them around? Maybe it's just him looking for some more answers towards the end. I don't really know. We'll we'll see what happens. And again, time will tell. When we're trying to figure out the pecking order, this has been a story that's followed this team all summer. We're not going to get the answer in the first league match, right? We've all been wondering when it was reported by Mirko Di Natale that there was one spot available for Rovella, Fagioli, and Miretti. Who's going to be that one? Then it was reported it was going to be two. Now it seems that it might only be one again. It's not an answer we're going to get immediately. Rovella, maybe on loan, brings it down to two. But Miretti is still in question for a loan. So we'll have to keep uh, tabs on that one. And these are the two guys that are going to do it because they've been handling all news on all UV cast and they've been doing an incredible job. And I can't thank you guys enough. I have one last piece of business as we wrap up. And a massive thank you to everybody this live again. It's been spectacular. You guys are all amazing. Like the video while you're here, please. And... I told everybody I'd give you guys the details today on how we're going to give away these kits. Okay. We have three kits winner's choice. This is what it comes down to. It is going to be a trivia battle. Okay. But first you have to qualify to get into the trivia. So the diehard YouTube subscribers and everything should naturally get a bit of a leeway and a bit of advantage tomorrow daily update video like that video, comment on that video, and that is going to get your name entered into the actual mix, okay? So I've been telling everybody, subscribe, keep close tabs on the details I'm giving in the daily updates because those are where the questions are going to be based from on the trivia point. But to get entered, like tomorrow's daily update video and comment on it, okay? Like the video, comment on it, and then we are going to draw names Three names will be picked from there, and then we're going to do a trivia session. You'll get a round of questions where you're going to have to answer, and if you get it right, boom, you get to pick your choice of the home or away this season with whatever player you want on it. it can even be your own name, okay? So, Juventini, there you go. That's how we're going to do it. All right, guys, great show, great post-match, always awesome after a victory. We kick off the season right, 3-0, okay? And now we look to Sampadoria in seven days' time. Well, 20 seconds. So, yeah, week's time. 
Sampdoria. Hopefully we can follow it up. Will we have Depay in the mix for Sampdoria? I Omar think so. says yes. I think from the bench he'll be there. From the bench he'll be there. I say he's going to be there. I say he's going to be there. It's going to be interesting. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate uh, all the love and support as always. You know, And, uh, again, I'm going to try to do a watch along for the next one. If not, it's okay. Match day live. You know the day of the matches. And try our best for uh, watch alongs. And then post-match again after. Daily update video coming tomorrow. Fino alla fine. Forza Juve, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your weeks as we get ready for the next round of matches. Also, Fanta Calcio, my team. Ooh, Vlaovic and Di Maria. Grazie. Grazie, guys. Let's see where I stand in that. <laughs> Homer's going to check his lineup right now. We had uh, somebody had the a one last season. First round in our the one uh, last our season. Very, very. I intense. haven't touched it. Everybody and... in the Discord. Discord server coming up next couple days. Okay, so look for that. We'll announce it here on uh, Daily Update video and on all UVcast on Twitter. Ciao tutti. Take care. Ciao.